Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jeff. And today we're discussing meat chickens. This is a hot topic right now, Jeff. I, I know uh, Cornish Cross, meat birds in general, are one of our number one sellers here at the hatchery. And um, meat bird season is ramping up as the weather is warming up. Um, but before people get started with meat birds, I think there's a few things they need to consider before deciding which breed type to go with um, and how many. Uh, they need to consider their setup. How are they going to raise their meat birds? Um, are they going to raise them out on in a tractor system out on pasture? Are they set up to free range with shelter for the evenings? Um, or do they have a confined space that they need to raise their birds in depending on how much space they have on their property? Um, I highly suggest that everyone take a look at our awesome tractor plans on the website. I have personally built um, the DIY chicken tractor and it is amazing. I love that it's lightweight. It was an easy build. It was inexpensive um, and there's no excuses. My five-year-old can move the tractor across the field. So everybody gets to help with the meat bird or chicken chores. Another thing that you need to consider before you dive into the world of meat birds is that they all have their own needs, depending on which meat bird variety you go with. Um, they have different space needs. They have different feed needs. And we get a lot of questions, you know, can I raise my meat birds with my egg layers? And some people have great success raising meat varieties with their egg layers, but I'm going to suggest always raising them separate if you want them to be efficient. They're always going to grow better. Um, you're going to, you know, have best your best conversion rates when you're raising them separately, meeting their individual needs so that they can grow to their optimum capacity. Now, you might be wanting to ask yourself, what is this podcast about? Well, we're here to sell you our meat birds. <laughs> sell our meat birds. <laughs> no, Jeff, <laughs> this podcast is about educating and setting people up for success in order to provide their own chicken, their own poultry. I think it's just such a rewarding process um, and you really respect the whole process. I actually just threw one of our whole chickens from last season in the Instant Pot last night and I took it out, shredded it up, made some delicious enchiladas. And you better believe I threw all that skin and bones right back into the Instant Pot and made bone broth. There, nothing goes wasted. One chicken goes a long way. And it's because I raised that chicken from start to finish and I'm not gonna waste it. And you know what it was fed? You know what went into it? Makes a big difference in how it tastes. Absolutely. Jeff, what kinds of meat chickens have you raised on your homestead? Oh, let's see. I've done the broilers. I mean, the Cornish Cross. Um, that's the first ones I started with. And then we did the broad-breasteds, some rangers. That's pretty much the only ones we did. I... Just the broilers year after year. Yeah. 25 at a time, because that's, for my family, that's all we needed. Um, 
but I, I butchered them myself to start with. Then I found a local place where I was like, I could, it was not a bad price to have them butcher it. Um, and then wholeheartedly went that way from then on. I remember my first batch of Cornish cross ever, and it was definitely an eye-opening experience. I never thought in a million years, such a tiny chick could eat so much and make such a ginormous mess. I started out with 25 in one of those big uh, water troughs. And I ended up back at the farm store purchasing a few more troughs because they grew so fast. I had to keep separating them in order to give them enough space. Mm -hmm. And talk about brooder cleaning. Oh my goodness. What goes in does come out on those broilers and they make a mess. Oh yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Cornish cross. Yeah, those were the first ones I started off with, as I said earlier, and they're a good starter option. Um, and I really suggest this is not the time where you go big uh, to start off. Start small. Uh, you don't want to get 100 of them and then find out how much work it is for 100 of them. I would start off with 15, depending on how many is in your family. Start off small. And then go from there because it only takes two months from, from when you get them to your house to when you butcher, that's it. Two months and you're done. Yeah. They can be ready to process, ready to process Mm -hmm. in as little as seven weeks. Well, it all depends on how big you want the meat. I mean, how much meat you want on that chicken is when you butcher it. Right. What I liked about them was I had a garage that was separate that I could um, use. And I built a little pen in there and that's where I put my broilers and just kept adding pine shavings to clean for the mess. And then at the end, that's when I cleaned it out and could do it again. And you can do it a lot of different ways. You can do it like how I did it um, that first time. Then later I built myself a chicken tractor and did that with them and just moved them up and down the lawn. Um, and they, you need to move that pen because a lot of waste is coming out of those chickens. Uh, and they just tear up the grass pretty good. And they're fertilizing though. You're yeah. definitely going to see after you run those chickens across your pasture, when that grass starts to come back, it's going to be nice and bright green and lush right in that section where you ran your meat birds. And the thing is too, with the broilers, these are the same birds that you buy at the grocery store, same breed, same everything. It's just, you're raising them, you know, what's in them and you're the one butchering them. So you're in charge of the whole process and you know what you're getting. And with you raising them, you decide what weight you want them to be. I mean, you can butcher them at three weeks. If you want a smaller one, like the Cornish, uh, Cornish game hen, you can do those at three, four weeks, and then they're about two pounds processed, or you can wait out to eight weeks and you can get a lot of weight on them. Then then you're getting anywhere from six to nine pounds of live weight, which is then processed about five to eight. Um, and the, the other big difference with the Cornish cross is they are the only one that has that big breast meat. And so if you're a white meat lover, the Cornish cross is the one that you should get. Um, they pretty much, that's what they've been bred for over generations is to get that size and to get that growth. Uh, they have not been genetically modified. 
Um, there's none of that. What it is is they've taken two breeds and over generations just keep breeding them over and over again to get what they want. Um, there was no gene manipulation, no any of that crazy doctor stuff that you see on TV. It's just take this white bird, that one, put them together, you get the corners crossed. The corners crossed are definitely a great choice for those that want a quick turnaround. I think it's also important to note that Cornish Cross can be a bit fragile since they literally do nothing but eat and drink. Um, they do not have a shutoff. They will literally eat themselves to death. So at about two weeks of age, you're going to want to start feeding them 12 hours on and 12 hours off to eliminate that overeating issue, which can lead to heart failure and then rapid growth so much so that they develop leg issues. Aside from the Cornish cross, the red broilers are another great alternative to the fast growing Cornish and slow growing heritage breeds. They are a slow growing crossbred broiler that are not as susceptible to health issues like the Cornish cross broilers are and feed does not need to be restricted. They were developed to have a longer keel and a 70% live to dressed weight yield. Red broiler chickens are typically ready to be processed by 11 to 13 weeks of age. Keep in mind, these are offered as male only. Now, if you're a fan of darker meat like I am, and maybe a little bit higher fat content, I highly recommend going with the Ranger broilers. If I had to choose between any of the meat chicken um, options, I would always choose Ranger broilers. It's a favorite in our family. They're excellent when raising in a tractor system or if you'd like to free range. Um, they will need protective housing from predators and for overnight and just to get out of the elements. They move around much more than the Cornish cross do. They're much more active. They're less fragile. You can feed them round the clock and they will not eat themselves to death. They're great at foraging. So not only are you going to be growing out meat for your family, they're going to help with bug control in your yard. And let's talk about the flavor. They take about nine to 11 weeks to get to processing weight. You can uh, maneuver that around a little bit. If you want a bigger bird, grow them out a little bit longer. If you want a smaller bird, process them earlier. And in my opinion, because they take a little bit longer to grow out, they develop, and if you're free ranging them or putting them out on pasture, they develop a nice layer of fat. And in my opinion, that's your flavor. You cook up a ranger for dinner and it is just absolutely delicious and nothing like it. Now with the rangers, we have a few different options. We've got the rainbows, the gray, and then also the non-GMO rangers. What I like about the rangers is it doesn't look like a meat bird until they're at about processing age. They're absolutely beautiful birds. The rainbows are a mix of red, yellow, gold, and black with the grays. Uh, these guys are also known as kosher kings. They are a mix of black, red, white, gold, and you could also see some barring. Now, if your goal is to raise non-GMO chicken, I recommend the non-GMO Rainbow Rangers. Um, these chicks are produced from a parent flock of Ranger broilers who are exclusively fed a strict diet of non-GMO feeds. 
So you get all of the benefits of Rangers with the added bonus of non-GMO. Another great thing about our broilers and the Rangers is we do offer free shipping on those. Um, they are different category on our website. You just need to make sure the one that you pick says free shipping. Pick that one. And there's minimums for that to happen. And that's from November to March, it's 25. And from April to October, it's 15. Now, these are shipped from a different location, so you cannot combine them with anything else. They, are, they need to be ordered separately. But it's a great option for you. Now, we also have a lot of people that take advantage of our fry pan bargain chicks. Um, these are a mix of heavy breed roosters. And if you have the space and some patience, this may be a great option for you and your homestead. These guys are usually ready to process between 16 and 20 weeks of age and will give you about a four to eight pound live weight and a three and a half to five pound processing weight. They do really well in a confined space as long as you have plenty of space. Keep in mind, these are all roosters, so they um, can be aggressive towards each other, trying to be the ruler of the roost. Um, so be prepared to have some areas for separation if need be. Um, they can also do great on a free range or tractor setup. Sometimes people will do is instead of just buying just the females, um, they'll look for straight run. Straight run is a mixture of male, female. They'll keep uh, the male that is the most non-aggressive one. And then the rest, they'll butcher. And a lot of people use our dual purpose option on the website to look for those. And they can be raised all together. And then you butcher the males that you don't want. And a lot of the breeds that we offer for that is the Delaware, the Black Jersey Giants, the Buckeye. Those are great options for that. Any of your heavier, bigger birds will work. And it's just a nice, easy way to get your laying hens and your meat birds at the same time. This is good for those that don't want to raise meat birds separately. If they're wanting to raise their birds all in one area, this is the ideal situation. Go with some dual purpose breeds. What about processing times on most of these, these uh, dual purpose breeds? Oh, that'd be about 16 to 20 weeks. Once they get up to size that you want, you decide when you want to butcher them. It's your choice. If you want a smaller one um, or if you want a larger one, then you just wait. Wait till they get up there about 16 to 20 weeks. They provide you that flexibility, which is awesome. Part of the reason why uh, it was mentioned earlier about keeping them separate is the feed for each of these, uh, the different purpose uh, meat birds, uh, should be separate. Uh, your laying hens eat different than your corners cross. The corners cross starts off with 21 to 22% protein for the first three weeks. Then you put them on grower feed, that's 18% protein. So for your fry pan or dual purpose breeds in regards to feed, it really is going to depend on how you want them to grow out. 
Um, you can feed them the same as you're feeding your layer flock, but if you really want to push them on their growth, you can increase the protein in their feed. So you could provide a game bird starter, uh, 26 to 28% protein, um, from eight to 12 weeks, you can increase, or you can provide a grower feed that's 22 to 24% protein. And then from 12 weeks on to processing, you can finish them out on a broiler grower, 18 to 20%. So there's no harm in feeding them what you're feeding your, your layer flock. But if you want to push their growth, you're going to increase that protein for best results. What about the dreaded processing? Yes, a lot of people, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't want to talk about processing, but um, inevitably that's what happens at the end of raising these birds. And it's in order to provide food for your family or maybe for other families around you. Now you can watch the YouTube channel and see there's thousands of videos out there on how to process your chickens, but watching it and doing it are two different things because it doesn't show the flies. It doesn't show the smell the stink. Um, and if you're a person like my dad, who at the talk of blood falls over in a faint, um, it's really not for you. Um, that's when you hire out. That's when you find someone who can process them for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's what I preferred to do after I did it the first, I don't know how many times I processed them myself. But then I found the local guy who did it for a good price. And it was like, oh, here, let me give you the money. Um, it was a lot easier. But when I first did it, uh, every child was a part. Uh, they, they each had a station. They each had a job to do. And I made sure everyone knew where their food was coming from. And so my kids grew up knowing what was on the dinner table, they helped make and they helped process. And I think it was better for them. And I think, you know, the processing isn't for everybody. So if you think that you're somebody that might not be able to handle the processing, I would definitely before purchasing your meat birds, um, see what's available locally as far as processors and check their availability. Um, as most businesses are inundated, processors are inundated at this time of year um, because more and more people are wanting to raise their own meat. So make sure that there's something available for you um, to when you get those birds and you grow them out, they have somewhere to go to be processed. Also, I really highly su suggest there are a lot of great farming or homesteading communities um, in every part of the US and around the world, I recommend reaching out to some of your local homesteaders or farmers. See, you can come and watch them process the birds so that you can see the process firsthand. I know um, I've had people over to my homestead while we've been processing to show them the process. And it's been really helpful to us as a family because it goes a little quicker with more hands on deck. And then it's also nice knowing that we help somebody learn about the process so that they can decide whether they can do this for their family or not. On our Meyer Hatchery website, we have some tools for you that you can just download and use. Uh, we have a record and expense tracker and a cut list that you can just take off our website and use. 
Plus we have some blogs and I believe we have some YouTube now and we now have a podcast that you are now listening to. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> you know, that cut list is super helpful. That's one of the things when we process the first time, I didn't realize how hard it would be to cut up a whole chicken and piece it the way that I liked it from the store. Uh, just learning where to cut and how to cut and how much to cut. Um, that was a learning process. I think we had 50 birds, our first batch, and it took me the first 30 to get it down pat. <laughs> and, then the <laughs> la- and then the last 20, I was good to go. <laughs> and now for a Meyer moment. Now, for those of you who have a homestead and you sell eggs and you're thinking, hmm, maybe I can sell some chickens. Well, there's a little bit difference with that. You need to find out in your local area if they need to be processed at a USDA uh, facility to be able to sell them, which I think is pretty common in most places. So you need to research that first before you just buy out a hundred of them to sell and then find out you need to have these processed someplace official to be able to sell them. And then now you're scrambling to find one and to find out that they're booked out for months but your hens are about to be processed. Ouch, that's a problem. And for all of our wonderful listeners, we have a $5 off coupon code just for you. At checkout, just enter the code THECOOP2022 to save $5 off your next order. And with that, we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. Do you have a poultry-related question or topic you would like us to cover? We want to hear from you. Send us an email to podcast at firehatchery.com.